Well, this morning, uh, I'm going to begin a series called I Quit. And uh, we're going to hit three different topics over the next week. And uh, before, uh, before we, uh, we, we get into this sermon, I want to do a little experiment here this morning. Uh, those who are right here to my right, okay, what I want you to do, I want you to just take a moment to the person that's next to you, or if you're by yourself, maybe to a person that's behind you or in front of you, I want you to just take, and I'll give you the signal when to do this, I want you to express thanks and gratitude for something uh, that's happened today or this past week or this past year, but uh, it could be something just as simple for uh, a cup of coffee in the morning, a a compliment maybe that you receive from someone, Uh, but I want you to go ahead, I want you to just think for a second that, uh, yeah, this is something I'm I'm gracious for. And then uh, for those that are on my left, okay, uh, you have a the dubious assignments, okay, I want you to go ahead and I want you to complain about something, okay? And, and something maybe that, that kind of irritates you, that bothers you, that, you know, I don't know, maybe it, it could be, uh, you know, I, whatever. But uh, I want you to just kind of express it just for a sec, take a moment and say, yeah, this is really bothering me right now, whatever. And just I want you to go ahead. So I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, then I'm going to go ahead and just take the next couple of moments. And I want you to express, okay, gratitude on this side. And, and complaints on this side. One, two, three, go. Go ahead and do that, okay? All right. It was really, really interesting to see that from up here on stage. Some of you are here. I'm not participating in this. You know. <laughs> uh, now, now, I would venture to say that probably for those who were... Ex- let me just ask you, how did you feel when you were expressing gratitude? Did, did you, I, 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 would, I would imagine you felt just a little bit better uh, for those who were complaining. Uh, I, I don't think it gave you the warm fuzzies or not. We got one person going down, no, I don't, I don't like this. You know, it's really funny. I, I, I've never met someone uh, in my life or, or any Christian said, you know what, I want to complain more this year. Uh, I, want, I want complaining to be my, my spiritual gift. And uh, I've never met, I, I've met plenty of people that said, you know what, I really want to become a more uh, a thankful uh, and a person of gratitude in my life. Uh, one author said this, he said, we live in a culture of complaint. And it is so true. We, we, are, we are just kind of drilled, it's almost indoctrinated. We're, we're, we're taught to almost complain and, and to, to gripe and, and to see the negative in things. Uh, for those uh, who are online and, uh, uh, and check out the websites, and, and I know like whenever I, I'm out of town and I'm on vacation, uh, 
I'm gonna, I want to go to a restaurant. I'm not familiar with the area. I'll go ahead and take a look at the restaurants. And there, uh, and you know what I'm talking about. For those who are not on internet, I mean, you can go ahead. You're in a town, your particular area. You, you, you type in uh, restaurants, nearby restaurants, and, and out there will come by nearby restaurants. And then you can hit, you click the button, and it says review. And you look at the review, and, and, it, and you'll see, you know, it's given, you know, one, you know, Customers will, you know, give it one, two, three, four stars, and they'll write, you know, comments about that. And literally, uh, that businesses are made or break, broken through the comments of, of what people say. I mean, I look at it, if I, if I see people with thumbs down and one stars, guess what? I'm not going to that place. So today, I want to st- start a series called I Quit. And it's going to be about three negative tendencies we're going to talk about over the next three weeks that, uh, that I, I personally, and I think many of us probably here, struggle with at times. And, uh, and I, I believe that these tendencies can really uh, can be destructive in our relationship with God and with each other. And, uh, and, and I, I also believe that when these are in our lives... I, I really believe that God is a God of joy, and I believe that he wants his kids and his children to experience his joy. And I know that when these things are predominant in our life, we're not going to experience that joy. So I know that you're going to be motivated because when you see these, you say, man, are these toxic? I don't want this in my life. I really don't want to. I don't want it. But when you and I, over what I'm going to be praying, and I trust me, when I'm preaching this, I... I really need this sermon myself, okay? What I'm going to be talking about uh, this week and next week and the following week, uh, I need this. And I'm praying that for myself and I'm praying for all of us that when we respond with an opposite spirit in a way that's led by the Holy Spirit, I am absolutely convinced we're going to experience God in a greater measure and a greater frequency. I believe that we're going to experience joy more frequently and with greater intensity when, when we respond in an opposite way. So today, we're going to look at I quit complaining, okay? Now, there's two ways to quit complaining, and, and you can see there in your notes. Uh, I hope that you got something. Take notes today. It will keep you engaged. The enemy will try to get you off track, but stay with me here today. Basically, there's, there's two ways to quit complaining. Uh, you can write this one down. It's called changing your external world where there's no chance to complain. That means if you're single and you want to get married, you got to have someone to get married to, okay? Uh, if you're married and your marriage is not going well, okay, you have the power to go ahead and to change your husband or your wife, okay? If you're, uh, if you're working right now and, and things are not going well, you have a lousy boss and you're not making very much money, all you have to do is change your boss, you know, where he'll think you are the greatest thing to since sliced bread and say, well, what do we need to go ahead and pay you so that you can go ahead and be happy, okay? Uh, if you're unhappy with your parents, okay, uh, they're, they're, they're gripers, uh, they just are on your case all the time or your kids or cases, uh, I mean, you just got to go ahead and change them. Or you can do the second thing and write this down. It's called changing your internal world. 
This is where, uh, where you know that you're div- uh, dealing with reality, where life is not always a bowl of cherries, where you're, you're experiencing difficulties and, and trauma and going through issues in your life. But in the midst of everything going on, you don't just see negativity all the time. You're able to see a silver lining. You're able to see that God is in the midst, that he's with you, he hasn't left you, and he's working out the situation. You're in a place to where you can say with Paul, I mean, and it comes deep within your heart, and you said, you know what? I've really, this year, I've I've learned how to be in a place of, of gratefulness. I've learned how to be content no matter what season I'm in. God's given me grace to do that. And so that's, that's, where, that's where reality is at, and that's the place where we're all at. We live in a world of pain and suffering and challenges, confusion. And the, and the fact of the matter is, it's easy to complain. Would, would everybody agree with it? It's so easy. It's the easy thing to do. But the question I want to look at today is, how can you and I really quit complaining to where it is just maybe happening once in a while. I know that we won't be perfect. We'll blow it. But I, we want to get to this place where we're in, the, we're in the area of gratitude and thanksgiving. Now, to help us with this, I came across uh, an Old Testament scholar, and he was doing a study on the children of Israel that God brought out of, uh, out of Egypt. And and he was looking at them and how they responded when they were going through difficult times, hardships, and challenges. And, uh, and he came up with two words. And we're going to look at these two words here today. And I want you to write uh, the word groan and grumbling down. We're going to study these two words. We're going to unpack these two words here today. And uh, I want you to see something. I found something absolutely fascinating. Groaning. Uh, goes back to the people of Israel when they were going through some times of where it was not only tough days, but it was tough weeks and it was tough years. These people were enslaved in Egypt. It was not fun. Uh, it was difficult. It was hard. Uh, they were experiencing many difficulties. And, uh, and we know that it, it said, Here in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, it says, The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried for help because of their slavery, went up to God. And God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Exodus chapter 6, verse 5, it says, Moreover, God says, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are slaving, and I have remembered my covenant. I want you to notice something about groaning. God heard groaning, and not only did God hear it, God responded to it, okay? He says, he says I have remembered my covenant that I made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meaning God says, I'm going to be about on the move. I'm going to go into the action because of what I'm hearing in my ears. So, in fact, groaning is important. You'll find it in the ancient scriptures. You'll find it throughout the Psalms. Psalms chapter 6, verse 3, it says, David says, my soul is in Deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? I am worn out from what? 
I'm worn out from my, my groaning. He said, I'm, I'm worn out from my, my groaning. Has any, anybody ever been in a place where you've asked that question to God? God, how much longer am I going to be going through this, Lord? I, God, I, 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 I don't know if I can take this anymore. Here David is experiencing groaning fatigue. In fact, when you look in the scriptures, in fact, groaning is suggested in the Bible, and you're going to see why in a little while. Psalms 79, 11 said this, May the groans of the prisoners come before you. So here we see in the scriptures, I mean, you could do a word study just looking at groaning, and, and you'll see how God's hearing and how God's responding to it. Now, the next word, write down this word, is called grumbling. Okay, we're going to take a look at this one. Exodus chapter 15, verse 24, it said, So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? The New King James Version said this, instead of grumbled, it says, So the people complained against Moses, or they grumbled. Okay, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 27, it says, You grumbled in your tents. That's significant, okay? Uh, the place where they're grumbling or where they're complaining was taking place. You grumbled in your tents, and the Lord hates us, so he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. So here we see this word groaning, and now we're looking at something that's a little bit negative. In fact, it is negative. It, they're grumbling here. Okay, you grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? Okay, then in verse, uh, Psalm 106, verse 25, it says, they grumbled in their tents and did not obey the Lord. Now, what is significant about this, not only were they grumbling in their tents, but what this grumbling led to. They were mad. They didn't like how things were going because they, they, things weren't going their way it says they didn't obey the Lord. A lot of times when we're grumbling, when grumbling is taking place in our life, we're led away to a place called disobedience. And disobedience is never a good place to be in. Would you agree with that when it comes to God's commands and his words? Notice they're both linked together. So not only uh, is grumbling not good, but it's forbidden. Philippians, let's go to the New T Testament. Let's see what Paul the Apostle said. In the midst of while he was in jail, he says this in prison, do everything without grumbling or arguing. How many would kind of agree, say that was this is probably one of the most difficult verses to get a hold of and to get a grasp of and to make it a reality in my life? Would anybody kind of agree with this? When the Bible says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. So when someone asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, what do we do it? We do everything without grumbling or arguing. Opposite, we do, we, we do it with grumbling and we do it with arguing. And God says, I don't want that spirit upon my sons and daughters. How many are grumblers in here? Would you just raise your hands? All right. Now, here it is. We figure that grumbling really is not 
a big deal. Okay, you know, yeah, I've complained. I, I've said some things. Not really a big deal, but uh, what does God really think about it? What, in fact, how does God sometimes even respond to it? I'm glad you asked that question. I want you to see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, these are Christians uh, who, who were uh, new in the Lord, and God was wanting to do a work in their life. And uh, listen to what Paul says to them. And he's going back to the, and he's using the children of Israel that we're going to be looking at here this morning that have been in the desert. God delivered them out of slavery. They were now, uh, they were now getting ready to get into the promised land. And it said here, we should not commit sexual immorality. Some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Check this one out, which is right to where we're at. And we should not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. So uh, God kind of takes grumbling pretty seriously. Wouldn't you agree with that? So we're going to go ahead and take a look at this. I want you to see some things here on on the screen. You can go ahead and write this down. Groaning in the Bible is encouraged. Grumbling is forbidden, okay? Groaning is something you're, you're saying, what, some of you kind of want, what is this thing called groaning? This is something that we do to God's face, okay? Groaning, we, we do it to God. Grumbling is something about God, okay? So we're, we're, we're going to God when we're groaning, when we're grumbling, we're not necessarily by him or talking to him, but it's about God, okay? Grumbling, uh, uh, where am I at? Let me get back to my notes. Groaning to God's face, something God's back. Groaning is done on their knees. Grumbling was in their tents. What's the significance of this, okay? Groaning is where they were having a conversation with God. Grumbling was happening in tents. That means that there were people were around. They were talking about God, Jehovah, the Holy One that we were singing about earlier on in the service. And they're saying, man, he's not it. He's not coming through for us. And, and, they're, and they're grumbling amongst one another, okay? It was in the tent. Whereas those who were groaning, many times they were by themselves and they were crying out to God, God, we're hurting, God. We're in slavery. Lord, what's going on? And, and, and there's something, it was coming deep from their heart. So here's what, we, what, what, what we're finding out. When you look at the scriptures, uh, uh, groaning was helpful, but uh, the area of grumbling was absolutely destructive. Now, here's something that, that we're going to be talking a little bit about next week, okay? Uh, it, it, but I want to just kind of set this up. If there is a problem with someone, here's what we teach here at church. Here's what I want to teach among my family, whatever. If there's a problem with someone, we don't talk behind their back. We go to that person, and we go ahead to the best of our ability to do it in the right spirit. And right, we go ahead, and we try to talk things out, okay? We don't talk about them and say, you know what? This person absolutely annoys me. I, I can't take being around this person any longer. We gotta, and, and we constantly, no, that's, that's grumbling, okay? God wants us to respond the opposite way. Now, 
We're going to look at why grumbling is so absolutely destructive and how to get free and quit this tendency. Now, I believe this with all my heart. I believe God wants to liberate you and me from this spirit, from this, this complaining spirit so that we can experience him. We can, in fact, I, I believe this. Uh, when we're complainers, it's, it's a bad witness. It's a bad te- uh, testimony to others, to other brothers and sisters, especially around unbelievers. And I believe it really puts a major stop to our, to our joy. Uh, the late scholar Matthew Henry, after he was robbed, anybody ever been robbed in here before? Anybody ever been robbed before? How many know that's an awful feeling, okay? It's really like, I mean, something that it, 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 you had in your possession and it was taken. Well, this guy was robbed uh, by some bandits. Uh, they held him up. And uh, this guy has long since uh, gone to be with the Lord. He was a great scholar, loved God. And he wrote this down in his diary. Listen to these words after uh, he had been robbed. He says, let me be thankful first because I have never been robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. So this guy was really good at finding a way to give thanks and gratitude in the midst of his situation. Rick Warren, pastor and author, said this, He says, God smiles when we praise and and give him thanks continually. That's one of the reasons why, if you're here with us, we like to take our time and just to be in God's presence and to worship him. Don't want to hurry that along. This is is good. God smiles. I think about that, to bring in a smile to God's face. That kind of excites me. He said this, few things feel better than receiving heartfelt praise and appreciation from someone else. Would you agree with that? Okay. He says, God loves it too. An amazing thing happens when we offer praise and thanksgiving to God. When we give God enjoyment, our own hearts are filled with joy as well. Amen, Pastor Rick Warren. Here it is. Israel, who had been in slavery and, and were going through absolute hard times. God does this miracle. I mean, they had been groaning to God. God, how much longer, Lord? Are, are we? And, and the people were praying and they were seeking God. And Lord, would you deliver us? And God said, you know what? I've heard your groaning. It's, it's come up before me. Now I'm going I'm to kick it into the gear. I'm going to work on your behalf. And and we see, you know, through the, through the plagues and, and through the deliverance, God brings the people out of, out, of, out of Egypt, and then they experience, and in fact, it's all through not only the Old Testament, but as well as in the, in the New Testament, how where the backs were against the wall, and, and the, the Egyptians were what one last attempt wanted to go ahead and just do away with them, and, and there they were by the Red Sea. God parts the Red Sea. They cross through that, and then when the Egyptians were going after them, the, the the waters come down them, and it's the end of that. So God brings about this wonderful deliverance, and, uh, and they're excited about it. But did it last very long? I want you to see just a couple of days after, uh, after all these miracles and this wonderful miracle, it said in Exodus chapter 15, verse 24, so the people grumbled against Moses, saying, 
what are we to drink? So they're thirsty, and, uh, and they're mad at Moses, and they're yelling at Moses, what are we going to drink? There's nothing out here to drink. And, and, and they're grumbling, and God uh, hears this grumbling, and God responds, and, and they're out of a rock. God brings forth plenty of water. Are they thankful? There's nothing there in the scriptures where after this miracle happened of water coming through this, they're, they're just lifting their hands towards heaven and saying, God, thank you so much. Here then in Exodus chapter 16, verse 2, it says, after they had received the water, it's not too long after this in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. We got full, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. God comes through uh, and, and he provides what, what the Bible calls manna. It was bread from heaven. It came every single day. And, 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 and nowhere, as we see this miracle unfold, is there any kind of of reference to where the people offered praise and thanks to God. Are they thankful? Not really. And it says here, after this miracle, and they have been eating this manna, this bread, it said here in Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, the people fell to grumbling over their hard life. God heard. And when he heard, his anger flared. And it said there in verse 4, this is from the message translation, the riffraff among the people had a craving and soon, uh, and soon they had the people of Israel whining. Okay, I love that, whining. Okay, Why can't we have meat? We ate fish in Egypt and we got free. And, and to say nothing of the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Kind of sounds good, doesn't it? Okay, But nothing tastes good out here. All we get is manna, 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 okay? And, uh, and they were, I mean, were they, here they are. They're just grumbling amongst one another. They're saying, man, God just isn't taking care of it us very well. And God brought some judgment there in that situation. I want you to write this word down. Grumbling is very contagious, Emotions are very contagious as well. Enthusiasm, sadness, depression. Being, in fact, they did a study to where they put uh, two people into a room and they were to sit there in the room uh, kind of across from each other. And what they found out, if, if there was a person that was, that was sad or going through some melancholy, a little bit of depression, but they weren't allowed to speak, uh, that, uh, that if one person was sad, the other person uh, kind of felt the same emotions when they were walking outside the, the same room. And then if there was someone that came in there and, and they had a smile on their face and they were just kind of thinking and, and there was just an expression on there that there was peace and there was some joy, in it, the other person felt that as well. The same is true when it comes to grumbling and complaining. It's toxic. I've seen it harm marriages, 
families, sons and daughters, moms and dads, brothers and sisters. I've seen it harm churches. Oh, my goodness. In the 37 years I've been a Christian, in the 30 years I've been pastoring, I've seen grumbling going on and how it has destroyed churches. I've seen it split churches. And the enemy run roughshod right there. See it destroy offices and businesses and teams. Here's what grumbling does. It makes us forget God's goodness in our lives and what he's done for us in the past. Not only does it make us forget about what God has done for us in the past, but it exaggerates the present difficulty that we're going through in the present. Listen, it, said, it says right here, he says, they're complaining and they're grumbling. We had fish for free. Now listen to this. That's an exaggeration. They didn't have fish for free. They were slaves. They were grumbling. We had it good back then. Folks, it wasn't good back then. They were groaning before God. said, God, we don't like this situation. So it exaggerates the difficulties in our lives. Groaning begins to help us to get God-centered. God, what are you thinking about? But when we grumble, we become very self-centered. It's really all about me, all about my wants. It's all about my desires and what I want to do. Where When we begin to groan, we begin to say, God, this is hurt, hurtful, God. I don't understand it. But Lord, obviously, Lord, you've allowed this in my life. Lord, what are you up to? Lord, what do you want to do in my life? We begin to groan, and God responds. Here in Numbers chapter 11, verse 11, Listen to this one. This is now Moses, okay? And I've heard pastors speak this way, feel this way about the people they're trying to shepherd and to lead. Moses was like a shepherd. And Moses said to God, why are you treating me this way? What did I ever do to you to deserve this? Did I conceive them? He's talking about the two million people right there, okay? Did I conceive them? Was I their mother? So why dump the responsibility of this people on me? Why tell me to carry them around like a nursing mother, carry them all the way to the land you promised to their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people who are whining to me? Give us meat. We want to eat. I can't do this by myself. It's too much, God. All these people, if this is how you intend to treat me, do a favor and kill me. I've seen enough. I've had enough. Let me out of here. (laughs) That's Moses, folks. Okay, consider a hero of the faith, okay? He, he's, he's, he's going through some very tough and rough moments, okay? He's basically telling God, God, you're not doing a very good job. He's giving God a very bad performance review. God, I don't like how you're handling business. Lord, this isn't fair. I didn't ask for this. Lord, I just kind of responded to what I kind of felt you called me to do. I didn't sign up for this. And, and here, I mean, you're going, gosh, is this, is, what, is this what Moses is doing? To God? It doesn't sound too respectful, does it, you know? But you know what? He got one thing right here. He did it to God instead of in front of other people. Why? Because grumbling is contagious. Groaning begins to get God's heart, and God hears, and God responds. So here's what happens. We, we, we grumble, 
And we say, okay, I understand. I, I shouldn't be grumbling, but how do I do it? Do I, do I just like, when the emotions, when, when, when the things are not going well my way, do I just go ahead and push it down? Do I just go ahead and try to, try to suppress it? And folks, if you try to just do it through willpower, it's not going to work. Here's how you change. It happens through transformation. Write this down. How do I stop complaining? Because I know it's not a good thing. That means I've got to be transformed. And I'm going to talk to you real quickly about three ways to be transformed. Number one, here it is. It starts through repentance. God, I'm wrong. I know this is wrong. I know that, Lord, when I, when I grumble, when I complain to others and uh, uh, and, 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 and I'm doing it, Lord, in a way that's not honoring to you, Lord. God, I am sorry. I mean, we're, we, we really need to find repentance. And I'm talking about, we don't treat it glibly, Lord, and say, God, I'm sorry, Lord. And, and I'm asking you, Lord, would you change me, Lord, in this area? So we, we, we repent. Number two, here it is. This is super important. Pray this prayer. God, help me to see how blessed I am. Okay, write this prayer down. God, would you help me to see how blessed I am? See, the enemy would try to, try to hide you and to say, well, well, things are really not going well in your eye, and the only thing you can see is the hardships and the difficulties and the challenges that you are facing. And plus, our culture and by the commercials, I mean, they, they, everything, the commer- I mean, you don't have enough. You can have more, better, and, and bigger, and faster, and all these things, and it causes us to go ahead and grumble. God, help me to see how blessed I am. There was a wonderful hymn that was written in the 1700s, and it said this, When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged and thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings. Some of you are sending it right now. You're tapping your tongue. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Now, this is, now we're talking about how does God begin to transform us? How does God begin to change us? It starts with repentance. God, I'm sorry. I'm wrong, Lord. And, and number two, God, help me to begin to see, Lord, how many blessings are in my life because the enemy would say, you're, you're not blessed. But God would say, you are blessed. And then number three, this is huge. Practice the expression of gratitude. Okay? Practice, I'm talking about expressing it, okay? It's not just in my mind, it's not just in my heart, but it comes out through, uh, through words, okay? Now, when I say this, uh, when, practice the expression of gratitude, we do this, okay, whether we feel like it or not, we do this even when we're not feeling grateful. I don't feel very grateful, so why should I go ahead and, and, and be a, a person of gratitude? Okay, we have to practice it. It doesn't come natural. Second Thessalonians 5.18, written to all the believers here in this room. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will in my life? God wants me to give thanks, not for all circumstances. God wants me to be able to give praise and worship 
and gratitude in the midst of what's going on. Not for what is going on, but God, I'm not thanking you, Lord, for this, but God, I'm still thankful that you're still my Father and you're still with me. Psalm 100, verse 1 from the King James Bible says this. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Now that's a curious phrase. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Notice it doesn't say have a joyful feeling on the inside. Does it? I, I don't see it. It says have a, have a joyful feeling on the inside, okay? Uh, but it does say make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Why is that? Okay? Here it is. I want you to write this phrase down. Uh, it is easier, listen to this, it is easier to act your way into a feeling than to feel your way into an action. Okay, I'm going to repeat this again. Write this down because this is good. This is going to help you to help bring transformation in your life. It's easier to act your way into a feeling than to feel your way into an action. Okay, let me, and I'm going to use Psalm 100, verse 1 through 4 from the message translation. Here's what he says from, it says, on your feet now, applaud God, bring a gift of laughter, sing yourself into his presence. Know this, God is God and God, God. He made us, we didn't make him, we're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with this password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise, thank him. Worship him. So God said, the password uh, into his presence, thank you, God, for everything that you've done for me. And we begin to thank him, and we begin to recount the blessings of that day, how the day started off and how the day ends. We, God said, God, I thank you, Lord, for, for this. But let's admit it. Can we admit this, that, that sometimes we applaud for things that really aren't that important, okay? Not necessarily wrong, but really aren't that important. I, I, I saw for those who are golfers in here, like to golf, there may be a couple of you in here, but uh, I want to show you uh, something here online and uh, by one of the most famous golfers of all time. To go vertical with the super high lob and just take his chances. Straight up. Oh, yeah, look at this, Peter. Look at this shot. Look at this. Might go in. Might go in. Might go in. It is in. <laughs> that was incredible. Now, that was just a little ball. Look at all the people, thousands of people, okay, are watching this guy by the name of Tiger Woods. He takes this little white ball, hits it with his club, and it goes into the hole. Now, these people, there's a, there's a lot of wealthy people, well-educated people, and they're on the feet after this shot, okay? It's just a ball, okay? Now, today, I'll, I'll, I'll be watching a, a little bit of football, something with leather, and something that will go across the goal line, hopefully, for the Lions, and, and I will cheer. Now, will that really make a big deal in the scheme of life, okay? Now, is there anything wrong with cheering for something that you enjoy? Absolutely not. But what about, what about giving thanks and applause 
and gratitude to something that really matters, that's something that really makes a difference in his life. How about God's love? How about God's mercy? When the Bible says, it says, the mercies of the Lord are new every single morning. How about giving, we can spend the rest of our life uh, and giving thanks to God for the one who hung on the cross for our sins and cleansed us of our sins, who reunited us with God the Father, who rose, okay, you talk about a heroic act, who rose from the grave three days later. We can give thanks Thanks to God for all the provisions and all the wonderful miracles and healings that we have received in our life. So I want to I have applause for what really matters in my life on a daily basis. I want to give you an exercise. And you may not feel like it, but exercise, when you do it, whether you feel like it or not, I noticed that the people that get results when it comes to the exercise of their bodies, uh, they push through. There's a lot of days they don't feel like going to the gym. They don't feel like, you know, disciplining themselves and say, I'm not going to put this into my body. Uh, in fact, I'm going to put this into my system. And, 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 and those are the people that get results. Those are, you know, and say, man, I'm growing and I'm really doing well in my life. I want to give you an exercise in the area of gratitude. Here it is. Here's what I want you to do. And I'm going to do this. And it's not, not, that it, not that I don't give thanks to God, but this week, I want you to do it uh, starting tomorrow morning or tonight. Uh, but tomorrow, I want you to start your day. When you gotta get out of bed, I want you to just, I want you to immediately, as you're getting out of bed, and I know there's a little bit of fog, I want you to give thanks to God for something that day, okay? I want, I want you to think about something. And, and, and then... And then in the midday, okay, at noontime, right around lunchtime, whatever, I want you to go ahead and give something simple, whatever it is, give thanks to God. And then when you put your head on the pillow, I want you, and, and, and it's got to be something that's expressed. It's not something that's thought in your mind, but something that you're grateful to God about. I want you to do it all week, okay? And, and I want you to do it Monday until we meet again next Sunday morning. I want you to see how your week changes, I want you to say, I'm going to ask a question. How many felt closer to God, felt better, felt more joy because I practice gratitude this week? I want you to go ahead and do that, okay? And obviously, and we're going to, here at the end of the, the word we're here, we're going to pray, we're going to ask God for forgiveness, we're asking God to begin to do a work in our heart. But I have a, uh, have a word for those who are here today who are hurting. If you're hurting... It's okay to groan. It's okay to cry before the Lord. And it's okay to go ahead and to, to grab a brother or a sister or a pastor and say, you know what, I'm really hurting right now. And uh, I need prayer. And I need, I, 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 would, would, you, would you help me out this week? Uh, I'm going through a tough time in my life right now. I'm going through a season in my life. I'm confused. Uh, I don't know what to do. I've got a lot on my plate, and, and uh, maybe something has been said to you. Maybe uh, your business is going down the tubes. Maybe someone just recently left you. I, I don't know what it is, but you're in a place where you're really hurting, and you're thinking about, man, this is right center front. and you know, This is crisis. This is an emergency right now. Man, it's hard right now to go ahead, and, and, and uh, I, I want to encourage you to go ahead and and give thanks and worship to God in the midst of what you're going through. But I want to give you permission. It's okay to groan. 
It's okay to hurt. The Bible says mourn with those who mourn and, 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 and rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And I want to encourage you, don't, don't be in this journey by yourself. There's so many people that are hurting, and, and, uh, and I want to encourage you. Get another brother or sister. Get a pastor around you and say, I need you, man. Would you pray for me here this morning? Let me read to you this last scripture, Romans 8, 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. That includes us, this, the creation, the world. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. God gives us permission to groan. God hears us. God will respond to us in due season. If we do not faint and give up, he gives us the body of Christ to help us to hang in there in the race and and the things that we're going through so that we won't give up. So let's this morning, let's ask God to do a work in our hearts. Would you pray with me and close your eyes?